You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, so today's Tuesday, and I'm here with Louis Ragoni. Hey, Dolphins. Kind of a, a special Thanksgiving edition of our show. What are you thankful for, Louis? <laughs> I'm thankful for the draft being not that far off. We keep getting closer and closer, and I'm thankful for a season almost completed. We're uh-huh. two-thirds through a very frustrating season up to this point. Yeah, of course, all the good stuff in life. I'm thankful to be alive, Mike. You know, that's it. That's it. Right. Thankful to be uh, broadcasting this with uh-huh. you today. There's a million things to be thankful for. If you can't find things to be thankful in life, Mike, then then you're you've got issues. I think so. The dolphins have issues. Really, I didn't notice up to this point. One of their issues was that game Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It got ugly quick, didn't it? It sure did. They went up and down the field nonstop on us. It was 28-3 at half. I mean, that's, you know, it was much of that. Mike, they they didn't stop either, Cleveland. They just kept uh, throwing the football on us. No, it was was ugly. And, you know... We really didn't compete early, and that you know that more or less sealed the game. Uh, they you know they tried later to get back into it, but they never really were. You know, you got your usual performance from uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's mm-hmm. so gutsy. I love watching him play. I really do. I, I would not love watching him play if we had a good team, but on this team, I, I just think he's the perfect guy. And and he might be next year as well, Mike. You know, it's possible. Um, I don't. You know, I, I'm not sure what you meant. I know on this on a good team, you may you wouldn't really want him. I don't know. I mean, with the way he's playing right now, and I know he had a few mistakes. Some of them his well, fault. That's, some that's of them it. Not. That's it. You know, he's usually good for a couple. But you know, I mean, look, he's a great veteran leader. He's got the perfect personality for the youth around him uh, because those kids are going to look up to him, and when they see him. Uh, uh, running, you know, what, 17 yards for a touchdown. And, you know, they're 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 going to get jacked up. And he gets so fired up in a game that they were so far behind, but they started to creep back into. Yeah, he, he's just hysterical to watch. Yeah, you he know, he, he, runs the, <laughs> he runs the ball in and he's flexing and he's just going off. He gets so fired up. And I mean, what, what more? I, I've said this over and over again. What uh-huh. more would you, what more could you possibly want out of your quarterback? I mean, you know, he. Well, you know, it was funny. They asked what motivates him and then he gave a pretty detailed answer. He, he said mm-hmm. what motivates him um, is his children. And he wants to set an example for his boys. He goes, mm-hmm. look, this is not a great situation we're in, but we're going to do everything we can to try and win. That's You've got to give it your all in life. And uh, I want my boys to see that even though the odds are stacked against us, we're giving it our all. And exactly. There you go. And that that also goes towards his teammates. And I'm sure they look at it the same way. They're looking at each other, and it's a, it's a lost season. But how can you not play up to his level when you're watching a guy that's a veteran? I'm sure he's set for life in regard to the, the amount of money that he's made through his career. Sure. And he's out there 
taking on defenders at the goal line to get into the end zone. I mean, that that has to rub off on the rest of your team. You know, they're saying like, look, if this guy is doing it, then we have to give our best. So th- that's what I love about the guy. And and going in the next season, I'm so happy that he's under contract and that he should be here because you said it perfectly. He's a guy that that really is a great example for all these young players. And we're going to have a ton more coming in you know, coming into the picture next year as well. Right. So, you know, you can't ask for a better situation. I kind of disagree with you in the fact that you, you don't really want him on a better team. But, I, you know, me personally, I think that with this coaching staff and with the way they, they have structured things and the way they're going to structure things going forward, that he might be okay for another full season next year. Oh, I think he'd be okay for next year. Right. I don't expect us to be a great team next year. There's going to be too much youth, and there's going to be growing pains. Right. Uh, much like we're seeing what you know, we saw with Gusecki. How long has it taken him to score his first touchdown? You know, I mean, right. he, he's still learning the game, and uh, a lot of these kids are going to be uh, still learning the game next year. So. But what what is surprising, Mike, and what may surprise you going in the next year, because obviously every year is different, but mm-hmm. the separation between us and some of these teams that are lit. Do you know the Steelers, if yeah, the they, season was the to end, was to end today, they would be one of the wild card teams? I mean, we're not that far separated from some of these teams. The gap they can make up and – don't be surprised if they compete for a wild card spot next year because I truly believe that between free agency and between the draft and with some of the pieces in place that there's not that far of a gap between us and some of these teams that are competing for wild card spots. It's just unbelievable. It really is. Anything is possible. I wouldn't rule it, it out. You know, I'm not ruling it out. I, I would just think common sense would tell you they're going to be young at a lot of key positions. And, yes. Uh, yep. You know, with that, you have some youthful mistakes. And, you know, linemen take time to adjust to the league. And, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe they don't go with a with a rookie guard. Maybe they, dra- you know, take somebody out of free agency and plug them in there. You know, we don't know what they're going to do yet, so it's right. really hard to say. Exactly. It was a long way to go. All and My point was that the separation between us and some of these teams that are actually competing for wild card spots is not that big a gap. Now, if we were in the NFC, it's a little bit different because yep. there's a lot of really good they're teams a little in deeper. the N- NFC. But the AFC is, whoa. Speaking of good teams in the NFC, Mm -hmm. did you watch that game last night? Yes, I did. Man, Baltimore looked good. They did. I, you know, watching New England and watching Baltimore this year, and, you know, Baltimore's got to hope that maybe they have a home game. Either way, if they're home in Baltimore or the game's in New England, the weather probably isn't going to be good either way. But playing in New England, things just seem to slip into the Patriots' hands. But I will say this, that uh, they're going to have their hands full with Baltimore because they're good on both sides of the football. They've got every element of their game going right now. But uh, Belichick always finds a way. I don't know if he's cheating or not, but somehow, some <laughs> kind of way, they find a way to win. Yeah, I think I think the refs help them too, you know. And I, well, I say yeah. that I say that half jokingly, but th- there is a point where they do get help, especially where Brady's concerned. 
And and they did this past week against Dallas. There was some bad coaching decisions, and there was some bad play calls, and that was the difference in that game. So, uh, you know, New England hasn't looked great this year. It'd be nice to see Baltimore knock them off of that. You know, knock them off, and and uh, you know, watch them just slowly fade into the uh, <laughs> wherever you want them to fade into the abyss. <laughs> Into the toilet is where I'd yeah. like them to uh-huh. fade into, right down it. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Well, let's hope. We've been saying that for years, Mike. Well, I know that, but it is coming, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> All right. You know, everything that begins has an end. Yep. So we're back. I guess we can go back to the game, um, yep. you know, before we get too far sidetracked from it. Uh, you know, it, it, it was, you know, the patterns are starting to develop and it has a lot to do, you know, in every single game that we've played lately. And it has a lot to do with the fact that our, our secondary is just in disarray. You know, you have, you have guys missing and it's showing game in and game out. We're getting behind early. Teams are doing whatever they want to. They're doing it at will. And we're getting far behind, and our oh, offense. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a look just at Needham the other day, and he had his worst game yet. Um, but you know, he had Landry covered, and he he caught the ball. You know, uh, nothing you can do about nothing it. nothing you can do about it. It's just a talent difference is is evident, and uh, yes. you know these kids are busting their butt, but uh, they're just not good enough. No, and we knew going in, Mike, that it was going to be. It didn't surprise me in the least, you know, how they went up and down the field on us because we're we're very short-handed in the secondary right now. We've got guys just playing out of position and yep. people that really don't belong on the field starting in our secondary. So it's it's going to be much of the same coming up this you week. Got cornerbacks week playing after. safety, and the, you know, and, right? And even with that, Bobby McCain was out. You know. It's a mess right now. It's going to be, we have to just expect this for pretty much the rest of the year because none of these guys are coming back. They're all on injured reserve and they're done for the year and we don't have replacements for them. I mean, we right. are we are what we are. You said that last week. I don't remember if it was on the Facebook page or on the podcast, but... And we said it on the Facebook page, but you brought it to the podcast. Right. We are what we are right now, yeah, and it's going to be are. much of the same. And, and you know, Mike, the thing is, is that, you know, when you can't run the football and you can't control the clock on your, you know, on, on your offensive side, then you're three and out, you're giving the ball right back to a team, and, and you're digging yourself a hole very quickly in all these football games. And... Yeah. You know, with the teams that we're playing going forward, you, you're going to see the same type of pattern. So we just have to expect it, and we got to hope that some guys, you know, get the experience going in the next year. Uh, it, it'll it'll be good. It'll be a good experience for them. Need them? You mentioned. I mean, throw them out there, let them play against the best. Yeah, he's getting his feet wet, and I think he's going to be a solid player for us, whether he's starting or he's a nickel guy or he's a dime guy, whatever the case may be. We've seen enough good stuff out of him going forward. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll be he'll be just fine, and he'll be somebody. He'll make the roster, I believe. Right, and there's a few other guys scattered about as well. So we'll see. Yep. So all right, so we we lose the game and. Uh... It's pretty obvious where our holes are. I mean, you talked about the secondary, and that's probably the most glaring, but the linebackers did not play well Sunday. Right. And, uh, you know, the the receivers, uh, you know, we had Wilson get hurt, we had Grant get hurt, and then these two guys have been hurt more than they've been healthy. Yep. 
you know, that comes back to bite you because we don't have the depth. I guess they'll probably call Isaiah Ford up for this week. But, you know, what have we seen out of Isaiah Ford to get excited about that? Right. Is Wilson going to miss some time? How serious was his injury? Well, I don't know. They have not said, and, and it's too early in the week uh, for an injury report. The, mm-hmm. the rumor on Grant is he was seen in a walking boot and he has a high ankle sprain. Right. Uh, but that's not official word either. So surprisingly enough, Parker has been our healthiest receiver among that core. I mean, even Hearns missed a few games with the concussion. Every single guy on that receiving core has missed time. And Parker's the last man standing. And you he's going to want a lot of money, Lou. I know, right? <laughs> he... uh <laughs> You know, he's been consistently good as well. You know, he's he's got to be getting close to a 1,000 yards. I'd love to see him get that this year. It's something that he can build on going in the next season. You know, as we talked about a few minutes ago, it's experience. He's going against all these cornerbacks in the league. You know, he's on the field playing a 16-game season. Right, that- and he's the, he's the guy. Absolutely. And that that's the best thing that any of these young guys can do is be on the football field playing in NFL football games against a top-notch talent on the opposite side of the football. So this is a really, really good thing. And, and Parker's been doing a great job against whoever's covering him, especially now, Mike, that everybody has been kind of eliminated out of the picture. And You don't have a running game to balance it. You know that he is the guy and he's still producing to an extent. It's a a real positive. Well, you know something? I think going up against uh, Xavier Howard in practice has done nothing but help him. I would agree with you. Absolutely. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. He's going against one of the best and... What more can you ask for in practice? But um, again, he's been very, very solid. Uh, There's just not a lot more to talk about. You know, in regard to this past game, I'm- no, the the run blocking was atrocious, uh, really, really bad. Uh, but on the other hand, the pass blocking was far better than normal. It was. It uh, was. It was actually pretty close to very good. Well, keep in mind, Mike, that they had two of their better pass rushes out of the football game. Obviously. Yeah, I know, but for our line, that's an accomplishment. Right, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter exactly yeah. who they're going against. They've been beaten up badly right, right. Uh, one way or another. So, yes. But your point is valid, too. I mean, the competition may have been a little bit easier for them, mm-hmm. but at least they didn't have those mental breakdowns that they have been having. Uh, you didn't see a lot of free uh, stunning people coming in and uh, – uh, free blitzers coming in. They they were handling it pretty well from a uh, technical standpoint. Yes, I, I'd agree with that. Yes. So that's a positive if you're looking for positives, but there weren't many. Um, uh, I, I guess uh, we got a field goal. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that I guess is a positive because uh, that was, well, I say that because kickers have trouble at that end of the field and then Sanders nailed his. So. He's been, he's been fine. I mean, he, yeah. he missed a few kicks early, but He's a real solid kicker. Our punter has been inconsistent. Yeah, a little more inconsistent than usual. Yeah, he he's been inconsistent. Uh, but Sanders, I, I like him. He's got a he's got a really strong leg. You know, he has confidence. I think going forward, he's going to be a good football player for us as well. But yep. there's not much else, Mike. There really isn't. I'm trying to find it, Lou. I I, I got one. I got one. Okay. Um, if you look at Gotchow and Wilkins, yes. Both of them are playing fairly well. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. I think it's seventh uh, for defensive tackles and in tackles. Nice. Wilkins is 13th. Wow. Not bad. No. So that's that's pretty good tackle play from your, your two inside men. Um, we knew that would be a strength as well. Yeah, or we, we thought We so. figured sure. it would be. Sure. Yes. But it's nice to see it come to fruition, especially with Wilkins, because, you know, you spent a high pick on him. You really want that guy to be a player. Absolutely. And it kind of goes unnoticed because of the position that both of those guys play. You don't really see it over the course of the game. But, yeah, especially when the other team has the yardage that they had. I mean, the Browns, they had a good amount of yardage rushing the football. I mean, I know Chubb went over 100. Yeah. And uh, Hunt – complimented that he probably had 30 40 50 yards as well and i know they both averaged around five yards a carry so it's kind of like you know you're looking at that and you're saying well how could they have really had that good a game when the other team is rushing the football the way they did well it's because the linebackers and the defensive ends and some of the guys around them just aren't doing what they're supposed to do right so it's good to hear that they are getting those type, you know, that they are in that echelon of, of linemen. Uh, that's got to be in the top. That's got to be in the top 10%, obviously, yeah. right? I mean, Seven there's, and 13, that's that's pretty darn good. You figure there's, um, what is there, 32 teams in 32 the NFL? 32 teams. So 64 tackles yeah. in the league plus, you know, guys that uh, come in and out. So when, you're, when you've got two guys in the top 13, that's outstanding. That's that's outstanding, no question. So that's a positive, uh, but there yes. aren't a lot. But you know that's 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 good, and it's good because it tells you that if we can find a a, a dominant defensive end like maybe a Chase Young, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden your defensive line is solid. Absolutely, and Mike, we talk about it all the time: building from inside out. If we do that on the offensive side of the football, if we had a solid center and a solid guard. We'd be great on that side as well. You know, you would see more production from the running game and stuff. So we've got to get to that point on the opposite side. Well, of the you football. remember way back in the day when we had Kuchenberg, Langer, and Little. Uh, of teams, course. Teams had trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> and then later on, Stevenson, Newman, and right. and Roy Foster were right. both. We're all, both, all three were very solid players as well. Steven was as good as there's been. He was probably the best center ever. Yeah. You know, he had a short career, but boy, during his career, he was outstanding. And then Kuchenberg and Roy Foster, those guys, Ed Newman, all of those guys that played next to him, you know, at some point were very, very solid football players as well. So, you know, that's where we've got to get. It's a positive that we have it on the defensive side right now. We have to establish the same thing on the offensive line side of the yeah. football. So, so speaking of that. Mm-hmm. The draft order for this week has been established, and the Dolphins are, you know, they rank third behind the Giants and Bengals. Okay. Bengals first, Giants second, Dolphins third. Okay. And I think some people get a little confused, but uh, the tiebreaker in that is strength of schedule. The team with the weakest schedule has a higher seed than the team that doesn't. Right. Right now, Miami uh, ranks third, Washington ranks fourth. Okay. That's how it sits. Now, the Bengals have no wins, so uh, we we kind of control our own destiny for for the second spot. If we lose out, we will have the second spot guaranteed. Um, now the Bengals they play the Jets, the Patriots, us, and the Browns. 
And if they should happen to win one of those games and uh, we, lose, we lose out, assuming we lose to them, uh, that would give them two wins along with our two wins and we'd have top seed. But that's the only scenario in which we can get the top seed. We would have to lose out and hope that the Bengals lose one more game. And we don't see that with their schedule. No, they play the Jets, the Browns, the Patriots, and uh, the Browns again after us. Yeah, that... That, I mean, maybe the Browns slip up in Cincinnati. Maybe. Maybe. But again, we have to, we have to lose to them, which is possible with Dalton quarterbacking. Um, I don't know what AJ Green's status is for the rest of the year. He hasn't played up to this point, but if he does come back and they have him and they have Dalton throwing the football with our secondary, I mean, they could be up 21 nothing in the first quarter. They also have a very good running back in Mixon. So it, it is possible. But, I mean, I don't see another loss on their schedule other right. than maybe losing to us. I mean, I don't see them losing to Cleveland. I really think Cleveland's going to make a run yeah. down the stretch. I don't see them losing to New England. And the Jets are playing really good football right now. I, I don't see them losing to the Jets either. But, uh, hey, crazier things have happened, right? Right. The team we got to worry about is the Giants uh, because they right now have a weaker strength of schedule than we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, they play the Packers, the Eagles, us, the Redskins, and the Eagles again. Okay. So that's their schedule. Now, as everybody probably knows, we play the Eagles, the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, and the Patriots. That's how that sits. Now, all right, so as it sits, we're sitting third and... uh, Obviously, our best opportunity for the highest pick is is to lose out, um, which goes without saying. Which is possible. It is possible. I, I think, you know, the, the Bengals and the Giants are obviously two games to where we should be competitive. Yes. And they're both home games. Oh, no, no. The Giant game is in New York. The Bengal game is home, correct? I believe so. We were going to talk a little bit about the Eagles. Okay. What do you know about the Eagles, Lewis? Uh, we're talking about their offense. Yes. Well, Wentz, even though you may not think he's having a solid year because their record just isn't that good, Wentz is actually having a decent season. He's got he's thrown 17 touchdowns to six interceptions, and he's completing over 62% of his passes. He's been sacked 28 times, and I think that may have something to do with uh, the issues there because this team's just not playing as well as they should be. And I, you know, again, it, it, they're an interesting team because when you look at them offensively, they seem to be doing all the right things. I mean, Wentz, like I said, is his touchdown interception rate is 17 to 6. They have two running backs that uh, combined have almost 1,000 yards rushing already this year. They're both averaging over four yards a carry. That's uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, the rookie. Uh, they both have around 500 yards receiving. Sanders actually has a little bit over 400. And Howard's got six touchdowns to go along with that 525 yards rushing that he has. So they're running the football pretty well. Um, Their receiving core is not the greatest. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey's been hurt quite a bit. He's only got 300 yards receiving this year on 34 carries. So He hasn't had a great year. He's got three touchdowns. He's their best receiver. Where they hurt you are their tight ends. Ertz, now this is a tight end stats, Mike. Uh He's not having a great year either. He's had some really bad games. 
He's got 67 catches for 712 yards and three touchdowns. That's a really, really solid year, and he's going to probably go over 1,000. Now, what makes the Eagles so interesting is that their other tight end, Dallas Goddard, Goddard, however you pronounce his last name. I think it's Goddard. Goddard has 31 catches for 289 yards and four touchdowns. So combined, they have about 1,000 yards receiving and seven touchdowns between them. So that's where they hurt you. Uh, There are other receivers, you know, Nelson Aguilar, he's got 36 catches for 320 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Miles Sanders, the rookie running back, has 27 catches. He has over 300 yards receiving, so they do use him a lot. Uh, Darren Sproles is hurt for the year, so he's kind of stepped into that role in regard to catching the ball out of the backfield. So he's another guy you got to worry about. They dump it to him quite a bit. But uh, their receiving core is not that great. And if Jeffrey does not play this week, uh, it's a positive for us because they, you know, we're not going against the guys that we went against this past week in Landry and right. um, and Beckham. Uh, this is a, you know, this is a downgrade from that in regard to their outside guys. Their tight ends will probably give us fits all day, and um, you know that's where I think they're going to attack us. Um, they have a lot of guys hurt right now. Jordan Howard may not play. All of these guys are questionable going into this weekend. So if some of these guys do not play, obviously it helps us in a sense. Um, you know, they did pick up Jay Ajaye. He's with the team. He had a couple of carries last week. So I'm assuming we'll see him. And as you always talk about, Mike, whenever these guys come back to play us, they always seem to come back in a strong way, much like Landry did last week. Yep. (laughs) You know, so it it wouldn't surprise me if Ajayi comes out, gets the ball 20 times and rushes for 200 yards on us. It's just the way things seem to happen against us. But, uh, you know, they they are a very formidable offense. Their offensive line is very solid. They're a pretty good, they're a pretty good football team on the offensive side. No, they're actually in total yardage. They're ranked 23rd. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it has a lot to do, I think, with the fact that they're not getting, Mike, a lot of production out of their outside receivers due to injury and injuries and whatnot. I mean, they lost uh, Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, in the very first week of the season, and he had a blow-up game. He had two long touchdowns, and he hasn't been seen since. I think he played one quarter, re-injured himself, and he's on IR. So that was a major loss to them. And nobody has really stepped up. They got a young kid named Whiteside that is still, you know, he he's still not quite still there a young yet. Kid. Yeah. Still a young kid. And, you know, we've seen it in Devontae Parker and a lot of other receivers that sometimes it takes a while for these guys to develop. And he, I don't think he's ready. And Aguilar is hit and miss. I mean, he has a great game and then he disappears for two or three games. So I think they're ranked so low because of the fact that they're just getting, they're not getting a lot of production from their outside receivers. It's more tight ends and their running game and they're Mm -hmm. failing on the outside. Yeah. Well, the guy on the other side, uh, Jeffrey, he's not terrible. No, if he's on the field and healthy, Mike, he's a very good receiver. So if you take him out of the equation next weekend and you take Jordan Howard out of the equation next week, then yeah. you, know, you, can, you can compete against this offense. Now, if they're all healthy and they're all playing, it, it's going to create us some problems. 
Who's going to cover uh, Ertz? Probably, <laughs> that, probably Rowe, huh? I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. I mean, if they come out in double tight end sets, I mean, like I said, both of those guys are very good and um, they, they'll hurt you. So, you know, at Wentz, you know, I like him as a quarterback. I think he's a very solid, solid quarterback. And, um, you know, he, he shows flashes of greatness and then he, you know, he's off in certain games. So, you know, if we're going to win this football game, we got to hope that some of these guys don't play and that Wentz just isn't playing up to par. And somehow, you know, the offense, and you'll talk about the defense a little bit right now, I guess, the offense is able to, um, you know, to move the football and put some points up against them. Well, their defense really is a, is a story about their defensive line. That's the strength of their defense. Mm-hmm. You know, Fletcher Cox is, is certainly a, a guy who can uh, – wreck your offensive line and uh, right next to him is Brandon Graham and he, and he's almost as good. I mean right. these, these two guys really right next to each other are a force. Mm-hmm. You know, facing them will be uh Calhoun and Kilgore and you know guys who uh are probably going to need some sort of help. Right. It's going to be difficult for for uh the inside of our line to <laughs> open much of a, a hole for the running game and certainly uh pass protecting will be more difficult than it was last week against uh, the browns right that's the first problem they've got a free safety and and mcleod that uh, can play and uh uh, they've got mills at a as at a cornerback uh who's okay he's not great he's good though and uh you know parker will have to work to get open so you know, just looking at that, it, it seems to favor the Eagles a little bit, and everybody would expect that because we all know what we have on offense. You know, maybe uh, Kasiki can have uh, a little bit of a game because the, the defense on that side is not quite as talented as, as the other side, so it, it's possible he could get open. Uh, I don't know how much they're going to, you know, throw it to him. That's That's been my question, really. I'd like to see uh, them hit him more in the seams, you know, and this would seem to be a defense that, that is a little bit susceptible to that if, if Fitzpatrick has the time to throw it. Yeah, that that's the whole issue, Mike, is is what do you do? Do you go to mass protection or do you keep sending the tight end out? Do you go to double tight end sets? And, you know, Mike, there, there's a few guys that just, and I think it's due to the fact that the offensive line is so bad. You know, we haven't seen the fullback at all in pass routes. We, we right. have no idea what he's capable of doing. We haven't that's seen right. him touch the football. Have we on the offensive side? He might have one I think one he had carry. One, one run, if, if I remember correctly. One carry. One I mean, yeah. you know, it's a situation where wouldn't you love to see the fullback in the flat in, a, in you know, in a, in a situation where it's looking like a run and uh, maybe them passing the football to Cox? We, we don't know what we don't know what we have in him. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he's got to constantly stay in the block. If, if in fact, he's on the field and blocking, the running backs have to do the same. You don't really see a lot of guys in routes. And and I think the tight ends, if they are in double tight end sets or whatever the case may be, at least one of them's got to stay in the block. So I don't know what, you know, what they used 
over the last couple of weeks because, you know, you really have to go back and look at the game film to see that. But I would assume that they're doing mass protection, trying to get Hearns and Parker and whoever's in the slot open down the field. And everybody else is staying in the block on most plays because they they know that they have real problems across the offensive line. And that's the only way to maybe get positive plays out of, out of this offense. You know, I, I went back and I looked at a little bit of the uh, game film against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I took a couple of pictures and posted them on the uh, Facebook page. And, you know, Balazs is, is not getting room to run. He's just not. No, um, and, not at all. And people have to understand that when they're critiquing him because uh, it's pretty hard to run when, you, when you're hit within the line of Within a yard of the line of scrimmage, you know, a guy that big needs momentum and he's not getting it. He needs a, some sort of blocking in front of him. And well, they're, they're expecting him to, you know, bowl people over. It's impossible. And, uh, when, yeah, you, know, he, yeah. you know, he's not elusive. He's not an elusive guy. Yeah. So he's, he needs that hole to get going. And once he gets going, you saw what he could do last year against, I think it was the Vikings when he uh, had that long 75-yard run. Yes. So, I mean, it's not like he has no talent, but he's not the perfect fit behind a struggling offensive line. And, uh, you know, most backs aren't going to be. It's very, very difficult to run successfully in the NFL when you cannot get through a hole without being hit, you know. (laughs) Back to the line of scrimmage without getting hit. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's not all on him, Mike, just like no, you're saying. It's, it's not, and people are hating on him, and it's it's just, it's a little bit unfair. I, you know, I, I've even seen, you know, the reporters doing it and other people doing it that really should know better. You know, I'm not saying this guy's a great back. We don't know that. We have not seen enough of him under conditions where he should be expected to produce. Right. So we'll see, you know, as we as we go on, what what kind of quality he is but the the coaching staff has said he's there he's they're going to keep giving him opportunities so we'll see what happens well i mean mike who you know who otherwise i mean gaskin well people f- uh, seem to have a favorite you know favorite in laird right and but i mean laird's not a big guy and i don't know listen if you put laird in that situation i don't think anything changes nothing changes if anything it probably gets worse he's a smaller guy and uh you know, I, I behind this offensive line, Mike, like you said, I don't think you would get a lot of positive at all from anybody right no, now. No, there's a reason why we've won two games, and that's part of the reason. And Absolutely. people just have to understand that. It's it's not any particular player's fault. It's a collective unit that's not succeeding. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's only so much you can do with what we have. And, you know, I, Mike, listen, at this point, you know, we're 11 games in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's dwindling down because we've well, talked. That's about, definitely one of the things I'm thankful for. Yes, ex- absolutely. I mean, we, we've talked about this and I have no idea what people's expectations are. But when you have probably the worst offensive line in football, this is well, what no you, question, you're going to see. You know, yeah. the, the, you're not going to be able to run the football. Uh, Fitzpatrick, under the circumstances, uh, under the circumstances, has been outstanding. Uh, you've got—I mean, he's above and beyond good. Be playing behind this offensive line, what he has done behind well, that's this experience, offense. Lewis. Absolutely, it's. But you know, Mike, we've seen him. I, I haven't seen him really have the type of games that I've seen him have on other teams over the course of the years. He's been consistently good 
since he started. And we say this week in and week out, and again this week, yeah, he had a couple of interceptions. You know, one was a tip ball. Yeah, one wasn't his fault. You know, the, the it, one that went off uh, the receiver's hands. And, yeah. and, and you don't have anything around you to work with. The fact that they're putting up 24 points and, you know, the amount of points that they have put up over the last couple of weeks is fantastic because the teams know what you're doing. And they, they, you know, this weekend, last week against Buffalo, Mike, they crept back into the game. And all we needed was another defensive stop or two. And then all of a sudden, you've got a, a football game on your hands. And every time we crept back in this week, you know, or when we started to creep back in in the third quarter, you know, the defense just failed us once again. And that, that's, that's the problem. And the same thing happened last week against Buffalo. You had some momentum, and then you turned the ball right over, and then the defense just allowed them to go right up the field, and it was done. You know, end well, of story. I mean, Mike, we outscored them fourteen to nothing in the third quarter. So at that right. point, you know, it's, which is like a, a new thing because we have right. not done that before. Exactly. So it was twenty-eight seventeen at that point, and you know, you're thinking, well, listen, let's get another stop, but it didn't happen. You know, the fourth quarter we gave up thirteen more points. We allowed them to move the football. You know, they didn't get in the end zone over and over again, but they kicked a field goal, then they scored a touchdown, and then they, you know, and I believe they uh, they kicked another field goal in the fourth quarter. I thought they I thought they had three drives to where they scored. I could be wrong. It, either way, it doesn't make any difference. The point of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, our, our defense has let us down, and that's the pattern, but, you know, the offensive line has just been – Really, really bad, and you can't expect much out of these guys, especially Balage behind that line. No, no, not at all. Uh, anyway, so that's how it shapes up. I mean, you know, if I'm Miami, I really don't have a lot of options on offense, Lewis. I mean, I think I'm I'm looking to Parker and I'm looking to Kasicki and uh, uh, you know Hearns, and and that's about all you can do. I don't think I'm going to try and force the run, but you know it would be nice maybe if they spread the Eagles out a little bit and uh, uh, try to get some get Blanche some space that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just don't know that there's going to be a lot of answers against that particular defense because I don't think the line is going to hold up to uh, uh, Grant and uh, Cox. Right, and and the fact that you lost Grant and Wilson in the slot, I mean, what do you do now? I mean, who who takes over? In that, I mean, you lost two slot guys in one week, basically. Now, yeah. I'm yeah. sure neither one of them are going to play this week. So now you're in a situation where – you have even more attention thrown at a guy like Devontae Parker and a guy like Kasicki. So right. it, it, it's, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, every single week it seems like the injury bug hits us. We lose more guys. We, you know, we have less talent on the football field, and you know, it is what it is. We're going to have a struggle, Mike, even against teams like Cincinnati and the Giants. So yeah. you know, as this, as this season develops and it unfolds, these last five games – yeah, we're going to probably be in a real good position going into the draft next year. There's no question. Well, my guess is Isaiah Ford, you know, gets called right. up and, and probably goes to the outside uh, receiver position and maybe they move Hearns into the slot. I don't know. I'm I don't not know sure what they do. I think they're going to, if they lose both of these guys, uh, especially Grant for the rest of the season, then I think they're going to have to pick up a receiver off the scrap heap because I don't even think they'll have enough receivers. I don't know if we have somebody else on the practice squad other than Ford 
but uh, I don't believe we do. So it's going to be a situation where either they go shorthanded at receiver or they, you know, they have to bring somebody in and work them out. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much right. Uh, they, they really don't have a, a, another option uh, other than Isaiah Ford. He's about all they've got. So yes. they would they would probably have to pick up a receiver from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Zach Thomas. Okay. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group, but uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24 7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. They released the uh, 25 uh, Hall of Fame semifinalists, and Zach Thomas is, is one of those players. Okay. Uh, he was also a semifinalist last year. Right. We know they're electing five people to the uh, Hall of Fame, and uh, he is one of five linebackers that was... Uh, among the 25? Among the 25. Okay, gotcha. Uh, the others were um, Carl Banks, okay. uh, Clay Matthews, Sam Mills, and uh, Patrick Willis. Wow, that's a, that's a good group there. Clay Matthews was outstanding. For those uh-huh. Browns teams for a long while. Um, Sam Mills was pretty good. Sam Mills was good. He had Swilling and Ricky Jackson. And Ricky Jackson's actually in the Hall of Fame. He yeah. was one of those linebackers. I think Vaughn Johnson was the fourth one. They they were they were incredible that those that group of linebackers that they had for a while, the Saints. Um and there was one other you mentioned now. I got I forgot the very Patrick first Patrick Willis. Who's that? Patrick Willis? No, not Willis. I believe Carl Banks. Carl Banks. Carl Banks was outstanding. I mean, he he you know he was on the same defense as Lawrence Taylor was, yeah. so you know he he kind of went under the radar because Taylor got a lot of the publicity there. But Carl Banks was an excellent, excellent linebacker for those giant football teams. So he's got a little bit of competition there. Uh, he's on par with all of them. You know, I think Clay Matthews is a guy that maybe is the best among them. Um, you know, if you look at it, I would probably agree with that. Yeah. I I think that Zach's right on par with any of those other guys. I think Clay Matthews is maybe a notch above them. Um, I think he's got a legitimate shot at making it, but, um, you know, Mike, uh, out of a group of 25, uh, he's going to have a really hard time. And I know there's a lot of other good names on that list. I, I think all of those guys are going to have a hard time. I mean, yes. you've got uh, Fred Taylor, you've got Ricky Waters, you've got Isaac Bruce, you've got Reggie Wayne. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Wayne's Wayne's got to get in. He's got to be a show. Tory Holt, Heinz Ward, uh, Palomalu. <laughs> yeah, there's two more Ward and uh-huh. Ward and Palomalu, you figure. So, I mean, that's three out of the five right there. Steve Atwater. Another very, very Rondé good one. Rondé Barber. Another good one. Darren Woodson. I mean, they're just, they're, these guys are all, you know, obviously deserving. and uh, Absolutely. You know, only five are going to make it. So it's going to be tough to see uh, Zach Thomas crack that uh, bottom five, but hopefully he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go to 15 first, correct? Yes. yes. Right. They, they narrow it down to 15, and that at 15, they go to five. They select five. I think Zach's going to have a hard time with that 
with the amount of names that you or the guys that you just threw out, the names you just threw out, I think he's going to have a hard time cracking the next fifteen. You know, the, when they break down the fifteen, that's going to be a task. Uh, the offensive guys always seem to get favored over defensive yes, guys, very much so, and um, especially the running backs and receivers. Yes, absolutely. So it, it's going to be a tough task for him. How many years do they stay on that ballot, Mike? Or is it just a year to year thing? It's a year to year thing, and he was on it. He was a semifinalist last year, so okay. he, you know he's among the conversation. So that 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 matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he was an outstanding, outstanding player. Um, you know, is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, that's where I'm at with it. I mean, you know, he was a great player, but was he amongst the best ever? And right. that's really what you have to ask yourself. And I don't know the answer to that. Right. You look at the other linebackers that are in the Hall of Fame. You know, you look at the Mike Singletary's. Right. And the Lawrence Taylors, who I just mentioned. Those right, and the Dick, Dick Butkus. Exactly. And, you know. I mean, does he come across as that type of player? And, you know, in my opinion, even being a biased Dolphin fan, I'd probably say no. You know, I think that he falls just a little bit short. Yeah, I think he's knocking on the door and he's going to have trouble getting in. That's, yeah. that's kind of how I look at exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, Jason Taylor was an absolute no-brainer. Hall well, of he was a no-brainer because he created so many turnovers and swung so many games. Absolutely. I mean, he was an it's impact defensive end. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, we'll see. I mean, that's it's interesting. I mean, I know people will probably listen and disagree with us. Uh, like I said, I mean, I loved him. He was a great player. He was fun to watch, but was Gave he it all? everything he had. It was all heart. You know, he's everything you want in a football player. Absolutely. But, uh, was he, was he among the best ever? And that's what you have to ask yourself. And Absolutely. I think if you're, if you're asking that question honestly, I think he's a notch below that. Yes. But that's no disrespect to him because he's, he's really just a notch below that. Agreed. I, I, I'm right on par with you there, Mike. So, all right. So... That's going to be it for uh, this week's show. Uh, thanks for joining me, Lewis. Oh, you're very welcome. When are we coming back, Mike? Monday next we week? We are coming back next Monday to discuss the Eagle game. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to all that are listening. Absolutely. And, thanks for uh, listening. Yeah. Around Christmas, uh, we, all, we have to start asking some of the people, Mike, uh, who they want for Christmas. <laughs> Come draft <laughs> In time. the draft? Oh, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Yes. I, you know, that right around that time, we should going to have about 14 draft shows in a row. <laughs> we should have a pretty good idea of where we're at at that point, you know. So uh, it, it's winding down now. Every yep. week is important. You know, you got to keep rooting for the Steelers to lose and, and Houston. Houston to lose. Absolutely. I mean, God, the farther they drop down in the draft, the better off we are. Yeah, but they're doing the exact opposite. They're starting to win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's a paper tiger. I think they were going to wind up around 500, and Houston did not look very good last week. So right. we'll see. We'll see. Yep. All right. All right, everybody. Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 